Wednesday. This is Back from the Brink. I am Todd Brinker. It is the 19th of May. Wednesday, the 19th, 2021. We are just rolling on through this year. Yes, boy, these days are just flying by. They're taking only 24 hours each. It's hard to believe. Um, so lots of stuff going on in the world. Um, you got to think that uh, you're, you're lucky not to be a professional baseball player. When pitchers can throw the ball 94 miles an hour, um, ask J- the New York Mets outfielder Kevin Pilar or Pilar. He uh, got hit in the face with a baseball and did not have time to react, and it just it smacked him in the face, broke his nose. Yeah, in fact, they have referred to it as as um, let's see if I get the exact words here. He has a nasal fracture. <laughs> yeah, you think? Uh, Ninety-four mile an hour baseball hit him in the face. Uh, apparently he fell right to the ground um, and obviously was bleeding uh, as as facial smacks are as they go. But basically, here's the good news. He's OK. Um, uh, I'm sure he'll get his his nose set and he'll be ready to rock and roll again before long. So good for him. Um, but wow. Wow. Can you imagine? I mean, 94 miles an hour. Um, and I know some of these guys can pitch, you know, upwards of 100 miles an hour, the the uh, the the fastest of the fast. But, um, you know, when you're watching a baseball game, you don't think about that the guy who's batting is basically putting himself in danger like that. But there's a reason they wear batting helmets now. You know, back in the in the day, they didn't wear batting helmets. And if you got beamed by one of those things, uh, it, you could be out for a while. I mean, you, you could actually, you know, have a concussion and. And, and crack your skull. Um, you know, baseballs are hard, and they're coming at you very, very fast. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough thing. So before I forget, and I'll, I'll probably repeat it when Aaron comes on, but our trivia question was, what actor played Wyatt Earp, Frank James, and Abraham Lincoln? And the answer is Henry Fonda, Jane Fonda's pop, Jane Fonda, and Peter Fonda's dad. Yeah, Henry Fonda uh, of uh, On Golden Pond fame. In his later years, he, he, uh, I believe he won the Academy Award for On Golden Pond. Um, he was in stuff for years. Um, and uh, so Henry Fonda, yeah, very uh, multi-talented guy, played a lot of stuff. So another multi-talented guy is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. He transitioned from... From young actor to sort of a teen heartthrob actor to a very well-respected adult actor. He is putting up a lot of money and working with a team of conservationists um, to, in quotes here, rewild the Galapagos Islands, including including restoring habitats and reintroducing locally extinct species. Um, There's been a lot of concern. You know, the Galapagos are famous for having some... um, diversity between the different islands and you could see how uh, one species would be uh, develop certain um, characteristics to survive on one island and then that, that species would would uh, evolve in a different island in a different way and so um, the problem has been that there's been some dying off and a lot of those specific unique species were were uh, 
have gone extinct or they've gone extinct on the island there in other places. And so apparently what they're going to do is trying to help um, move some animals that are available or that are uh, living in other places and reintroduce local communities on the Galapagos in order to uh, to keep them going. Apparently they are going to reintroduce 13 locally ex- extinct species to uh, Florina, uh, uh, Fl- was it Florana, Floriana, Floriana Island, I think is how it's pronounced. Um, and, you know, including a, a certain, a, a mockingbird, um, and, uh, and, uh, a couple, uh, uh lizards. Uh, they're going to work to prevent the extinction of the pink iguana, including, uh, captive breeding programs and to protect the environment from the impacts of ecotourism. So that's part of the issue is, is that the place is so unique and interesting that there are lots and lots of tourism uh, or tourists going there and, you know, just the the act of so many people coming through and walking around has made it difficult for some of the animals to um, to exist. Apparently, the boats that travel have brought rodents to some of the islands, and that um, has uh, impacted giant tortoises because the rodents were eating the eggs when they were laid. They would dig them up and eat them before they had a chance to to uh hatch and and or or eating the hatchlings and so they i know on one of the islands pinzon island they've they went through and did a removal of the the road rodentia that was there um i think they're basically like types of rats and uh and so now they're in 2012 they started uh, seeing some of the giant tortoise uh tortoises making a comeback because their eggs were able to hatch which is uh something that they hope to be able to replicate on uh, Floriana Island. And so, um, you know, it's a worthwhile thing. Um, and if the guy's got, you know, the money that he wants to spend doing this, apparently um, uh, there's going to be a, four, he, he pledged $43 million. And that seems like an odd number, like $43 million. But he probably sat down and somebody said, here's the budget if you wanted to do this. And he said, okay, let's do it. Um, so good for him, you know. Um, and, and I'm not one of those who says, well, you know, there's people starving. He could put money into helping people starve or help, you know, help get more vaccines out or help. Good. Yeah, he could do lots of things. It's fine. He chose something to do with his money. It's his money. Um, and so I'm not going to try to second guess what I think is a better way for him to spend his money. You know, he is uh, he's doing it his way. Um, there is a, a YouTube video out there called uh, uh, Wild is Here or it's it's um, <clears throat> it is the wild. And so um, it, 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 in fact, uh, the rewilding program is actually, um, they spell it uh, R-E colon wild. So it's like regarding wild or uh, rewild. And so, um, yeah, if you want to look for it, you can play the videos and they talk about their program and what they're planning to do in the Galapagos. And I think that, uh, you know, it's all good stuff and we should you know, ho- hopefully wish them success and that all will go well. Um, let's see. Oh, apparently a 12th great grandchild is on the way for Queen Elizabeth. Um, let's see. Who is it that's having the baby this time? Princess Beatrice and husband Ed- 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 Eduardo Mazzi uh, are expecting their first child. I say Eduardo because uh, he- he's uh, very Italian. So anyway, um, you know, cool. So apparently uh, Princess Beatrice is like ninth in line to the British throne. Um, Okay, cool. They're going to have a baby. 
Who's here? Hello. Hello. So I was just looking. Apparently, um, Queen Elizabeth is going to have her 12th great-grandchild. Princess Beatrice is expecting. Are you there? I'm there now. Sorry, I, uh, I don't know what happened. I was there and then I wasn't. Now I'm back. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. It was like I, I, you were there and then I heard this, the, the like this boom bling kind of tone. And like, where'd you go? <laughs> so, yeah, no, I was just saying, um, I guess uh, Princess Beatrice has announced that she is expecting. So um, uh, great grandchild number 12 is on the way for Queen Elizabeth. So cool. Hope they have a... a uh, a, a boring pregnancy and it all goes perfectly well and smooth and that there's no excitement there and that they have a happy, healthy baby. Exactly. Yes. So, you know, that's, uh, I think the best wishes you can have for somebody when they announce that they're expecting is that it all just goes smooth and that there's, is completely uneventful. <laughs> you know, that's it's what you indeed. want. That's indeed. what you want. So, and the, and the, and Buckingham palace sure wants news, uh, uh, other than Harry and Megan, uh, yeah, filling up the the airwaves. Yeah, they're happy to get some something else. The, if you're going to talk about us at all, let's talk about something else, please. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and Harry is doing what royals don't do, and he's speaking his mind. Whatever is off the top of his head, he's saying to the press. Yeah. And people don't like it. They're they don't like it. They don't mm-hmm. want to hear that. You know, and they're. You know, well, it's funny because I think that a lot of people, the, the 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 royal watchers and those in the UK, don't like it. Um, I think that a lot of the the um, the crowd that you know is the uh, um, what's the right word for it? The people that watch. I, I hate to keep going back to the you know fans of the Kardashians, but people who watch that kind of television, they're going like, "Oh, cool!" So so they're. I think he has an audience. <laughs> Obviously, he's he's uh, yeah, you know. Of course, maybe they're watching because they don't like it, so they want to watch. They're on bated breath watching to see what they don't, what 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 thing he's going to say that they can now, you know, tweet about not liking. Yes. Well, so and I wonder if the palace is going to respond by by yanking all affiliation with the royal family, right? All titles and all of that stuff. So yeah, you know, because they they've started that process, um, but you know, when he stepped down as a senior royal. Um, and then, after, you know, but since the Oprah interview, I mean, come on, he is just, he's acting like an American out there whining about this and that. And uh, uh, we do that. We tend to air our dirty laundry in public in ways that they don't in the UK, especially for the royal family. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't think that they, it's appreciated much across the pond. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they want their their stuffy royals to be stuffy royals. Well, and they want they want, yeah. I mean, they they want private things kept private, and that's with the royal family and also, you know, yeah. with other families. You don't. Yeah, you don't, societally, that's just kind of their. Want. Yeah, that's yeah, just that's the the culture. standard, the norm. And yeah. there's no messy there's no messy emotions happening. That's not you know stiff upper stiff upper lip is rules the day that's that's what it means yeah. to be english right that's yeah <laughs> there's a reason they say that right it, the, the reason it, it's yes. historically been the way you handle it uh-huh yeah yeah no i i get it but uh <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 whatever 
mean, so it's it's interesting though because you know he's the number two son. It's what's not like anybody's abdicated, but right. essentially, you know, he's he is he has divorced himself from the royal family, which which makes me sad. He was by far the most popular royal. People loved Harry because he was so he seemed so accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, or the where the uh, where where William couldn't be because he's going to be king someday. Um, you know, Harry was the he's the he's a decorated war veteran. He actually fought in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. You know, and so for him to be, it seems like he's so whipped, <laughs> if I can use that word, by <laughs> Meghan Markle, this American interloper. Yeah. Um, you know, it just seems. Um, I think there's to, a lot, uh, lot more complexity to that, too. I think, though, that, you know, while that may be the impression from people on the outside that, you know, he's not doing anything that he doesn't want to do. Right. Oh, he's an no, no, adult. No, no, no. I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying. Right. But there are a lot of people who like, are. Oh, well, he's a grown man. He's making his own decisions. Exactly. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not blaming her. I'm, I'm saying this is how it's how it's perceived. Right. Um, you know, that it's her fault. Because right. Everybody well, loved him, and you know, whatever. Right. Yeah, and that, I guess that's the point I'm making. I'm not blaming. I'm not saying that you are blaming her. I'm just saying that that there are a lot of people who are blaming her, and I and I'm, I think that's a mistake. This is you know he he's he's deciding to do what he wants to do, and I think he's he's had a little bit of a glimpse of what it's like to not have to be to to to, to bear that cross of being a royal, and so he's just said I, I prefer that. That's where I'm going. So I wonder. I really wonder how the queen feels about, about this because she and Harry were very close from what I understand. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the whole reason why she became queen is because her uncle abdicated because he decided he wanted to marry an American divorcee Mm -hmm. and he chose his divorcee over, um, uh, over the crown. And so her father, who was the number two son became the king and, um, from, from all accounts, from what I can, you know, from various movies and biographies and all of those things, mm-hmm. um, uh, Queen Elizabeth is a deeply private person. She yeah. likes her family and her dogs and the outdoors. And, you know, it's hard not to draw parallels, right... though. Yeah. Right? You know, mm-hmm. I, I exactly. So I wonder just from her own emotion. And of course, we'll never know. But just from the way she feels about all of this, this has to be, you know, she has to remember it has to be a little trigger triggering, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, her dad was was the the number two son who never really expected to be king, and then surprise. But you know, that's not the same exactly. situation in that that the the number one son already has offspring, so the number two son is now, you know, quite a ways down the list. Right. Um, but and, it's another it's another royal choosing an American spouse right. over the duties of the royal family. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, those Americans, they're intriguing. <laughs> Go marry one. I did. So. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, interesting. Yeah. You know. So one day after the um, uh, CDC said that they were uh, that if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask indoors or outdoors. uh, The Trader Joe's chain said, "Okay, fine. If you are fully vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask in our stores. Um, So 
They have opened back up completely. Um, apparently, CVS has tried to find a middle road where they're going to. They still have signs up saying they want you to wear masks, and they've told employees to ask people to wear their masks, but they're not going to enforce anything. So if you choose not to, they're not going to like follow you around saying, put a mask on or we're going to kick you out or anything. They're just like, would you please put a mask on? Okay, fine, whatever. Um, and apparently and in if both... if you say no, then, you know, whatever. Yeah. Apparently in both places, they're, they're allowing uh, employees to make the decision themselves. So they're not requiring them if you're vaccinated. Um, you know what's interesting though? They say if you're vaccinated, but then then there's also a lot of uh, strictures around. But you're not allowed to ask for proof of vaccination. So if somebody says they're vaccinated, they're vaccinated. As far as you're concerned, whether whether they really are or not is irrelevant. It's kind of like gender well, these days, it, right? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> but it's 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 you know that's what liberty looks like. And if you're afraid, we talked. You know, we've talked about this. If you're afraid, put on an N95 mask. And, you know, do all the precautions to protect yourself. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't... I, I don't, don't know. think we all, if we're all vaccinated, we don't need to wear masks all the time. Don't Right. But I mean, you say if we're all vaccinated, I don't disagree. The problem is, is that California is the most vaccinated state and we are right at 50%, which means that when you step yeah, into but, a building and, and everybody's walking around without a mask on, there's some liars out there. So what? <laughs> yeah. So what? So, it, so you're okay if people blow smoke in your face too? Well, <laughs> no, know? but... But I, I'm vaccinated. It's not going. If I get COVID, it's going to be a very mild case. I might not even know that I have COVID. Right. And I'm vaccinated, so I'm taken care of. It's like I don't know if everybody around me has been vaccinated for the measles, which is very virulent. I think it's the right. most virulent virus out there. And I don't. They don't have to carry around proof that they've been vaccinated for the measles. Right. No, that's not the point I'm saying. But the 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 the. Um, you know, if if somebody is is walking around um, and, and and they're not vaccinated and they're knowingly and, and, and especially if they're knowingly uh, infected walking around, there's nothing to stop them from walking around and, and infecting people. And not everybody's vaccinated yet. OK, so if you're not vaccinated, <laughs> wear a mask. So wear an N95 uh, mask. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I get both sides of that. You know, it's wear the mask, protect yourself. Don't don't force other people to wear them. I don't like wearing the mask either. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just playing devil's advocate, trying to look at both sides of this. Yeah, I, I'm tired of wearing the masks. You know, I mean, we've got an, enough, you know, the vaccines are available at this point. If you're not vaccinated, it's because you've chosen not to be vaccinated. It's not because you can't get vaccinated anymore. You know, right. unless unless there's somebody I mean, I, I suppose and I haven't really done a lot of reading on this. I, I would guess there are some people who can't take the vaccine because of you know, allergies to its constituent parts or something like that. There are probably some people who who are very concerned about, you know, can you get vaccinated? You know, or people who have, and, and, yeah, and, you know, and, or if they're immunocompromised. Sure but like are. you said, wear the mask. Wear the mask. Yeah. Get you get know, a T-shirt like mine that says I'm vaccinated, but do. I would still like you to stay away from me. I wore that. Um, actually, I wore my T-shirt that like that when I flew uh, out, out to go visit my daughter for her graduation. And I got a lot of positive comments about that T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. pretty much universally like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it actually says, but I, I would still like some of you to stay away from me. So, you know, it's like, 
And, and of course, everybody assumes it's someone else, right? You don't want me to stay away from you, right? And I was like, no, it no, just it's makes you. Everybody <laughs> right? He's like, no, no, it's you. It's you. You're the one. <laughs> Please step back. Yeah, no, it. Uh, uh, I like to have fun with things like that. So that's a fun T-shirt to wear out and about. Wow, a woman had forty-seven rabbits in a hotel room. Oh, why? Wow. Yeah, a woman living in a long-stay hotel in a uh, Chicago suburb had three rabbits, one neutered and two, uh, and and an unneutered male and female. <laughs> and rabbits did what rabbits do. Yeah, oh, yeah. So um, when when they finally. Um, couldn't she when she couldn't handle it anymore which apparently was at 47 um uh, uh the uh, cleaning service was suspended during the pandemic and uh, there was a do not disturb on the door all the time and so the hotel was not even aware that they were in there but um uh they uh the rescue was orchestrated by uh red door a no-kill shelter in uh, in the chicago area and apparently there was 47 rabbits. Some of them were, were pregnant with more bunnies that were soon to be coming. And all from two bunnies. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> she just, she was allowed to keep the one neutered rabbit. That's it. <laughs> You're not allowed to have any more rabbits that make new rabbits because you don't know how to handle this. <laughs> Holy oh, moly. my gosh. I'm sorry. You have to have some kind of mental illness to do that. I mean, and I'm, you, you do. I mean, if you don't. Something has to be wrong with you to allow that to happen. Yeah. Well, somebody at the shelter was quoted as saying, uh, um, so well-meaning people can end up in a really scary mess in a really short amount of time. We're not here to judge, but we're here to help. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's not like they were living under her basement or like living underneath, underneath uh, the foundation mm-hmm. of the house underground and they were multiplying. These were in her hotel room. Yeah. It's like, do you not know how that works? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh, two bunnies becomes uh, six bunnies becomes eight bunnies becomes forty-seven bunnies. Wow! Yes, because they're at the bottom of the food chain, so they have to mm-hmm. reproduce quickly. Yeah, yeah. She says some people some people fail to realize that rabbits become uh, sexually mature at four months old. So uh, you know, you figure the lockdown from last year. And then they have, you know, and they have a litter of, you know, like five or six bunnies um, and, uh, you know, do the math. (laughs) The answer is 47. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You feel bad for the, uh, you know, for the lady, too, because, you know, I'm I'm sure she didn't intend to have 47 bunnies. It just sort of wasn't, you know, and, and and well, I don't know. You know, I wonder if she was supposed to have pets in the hotel anyway. But anyway. Certainly not 47 of them. Yeah. I can't imagine the smell. No, I can't either. Blech. Yeah. So so the famed Darwin's Arch in the Galapagos Island has lost its top. And officials are blaming just natural erosion of the stone. Mm-hmm. So Ecuador, Ecuador's Environment Ministry reported the collapse on its Facebook page on Monday. So... Um, it's a, it's a the rock structure is apparently 141 feet high, 230 feet long, and 75 feet wide. Wow! And it's less than a half a mile from Darwin Island. 
uh, it's a popular spot for scuba divers because um, it's not accessible by land. Um, and I imagine scuba off Galapagos must be incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, people are, are sad about it and shocked about it, but it's not, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, part of nature. Um, uh, they don't believe that, that it was anybody messed with it. It just happened because of weather and ocean and, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's what happens. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, uh, you know, still kind of sad, something that was sort of iconic and it's, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. Now it's well, just two the, towers. The little, the little, yeah, now it's two towers. Yeah. Now it's two towers. Yeah. Now it's part you know, of I, a Tolkien novel. <laughs> the two towers. I would very much like to go to the Galapagos islands. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know that I would scuba, right? Uh, but I, I, I definitely want to go to the, it's on my bucket list. Yeah, I think it's one of those cool things to do, but it's also, you know, the the ecotourism there has damaged the islands in lots of ways. And in fact, um, just before you came on, I was talking about the fact that um, uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is working with a uh, uh, group to um, reintroduce some of the animals that have gone extinct on certain islands and putting $47 million into it because um, the... uh, ecotourism has been very hard on the islands. Um, and I think a oh, lot wow. of that's just because it's been very much unbridled because the, you know, there's money to be had. Right. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, then maybe I'll just go on a virtual tour of the Galapagos. You know, that's <laughs> the kind of thing is like, that would be a perfect example. You know, we talk about like, um, uh, you know, uh, virtual reality type things and they do there's like virtual reality games and stuff i think that would be really cool and a great sales um marketing thing is is virtual reality tours right so you can you know go through all these you know historic places and walk through and really really um you know scan the place in detail so that you can explore it you can go you know look right left up down and 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 make a a virtual reality tour of historic castles and caves and the Galapagos Islands and to me that would be something that I would go buy a virtual reality headset to do because to me that would be uh, awesome. Um, yeah, you know, I I don't want to play a virtual reality game, but to to do a tour right. like that. Yes. That's go an to awesome Pizza. idea. Go to yeah yeah some of these places yeah, without altitude sickness. That- Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And without, you know, various kinds of tropical diseases, you know, I'd like mm-hmm. to see Timbuktu, which, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, I don't know that I'll ever go to it. Traveling there is dangerous, um, mm-hmm. but it was this Malian empire and there's still things there um, that I'd like to see. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Great Wall of China without the pollution, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of that. So, yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. I would buy yeah. a virtual reality headset to to visit places in the world that are beautiful and mm-hmm. learn about them you know from the comfort of my own home yeah well and what's cool is is that you know if other people are are in the same virtual reality you can interact with them right so other people can get yeah. in the virtual reality so it would still be like visiting and you could meet people from other places while you're doing it that to me is the 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 killer app for that that um uh technology because there's a whole bunch of us who just have very little interest in playing games and certainly not enough interest in it that we're going to go spend, you know, a few hundred dollars for a virtual reality headset to play games. Uh, and so far, that's yeah. sort of been the only thing that they've really pushed with them. 
and uh, so I think they're missing out on a a market. You know, they talk about like when the personal computer came around that the killer app was one of two things. It was a word processor, which was just much better than a typewriter and a spreadsheet, you know, yes. because, you know, so so uh, initially it was like word perfect in one, two, three, and then it became word and Excel. And now arguably they've moved on to like Google Docs, although I would say Excel is still probably the spreadsheet oh. of choice for most yeah. people. Um, I don't yeah, know, but that, account- I love there- Excel. Yeah, there's no accounting department that's running off of, of Google Sheets or, or uh, you know, wind or uh, numbers from Apple. They're all using Excel because it's just it's yep. it just is better. And I, to this day, I still you know pay for uh, Office 365 just so I can have Excel. I hardly ever use uh, yep. Word to write in anymore. In fact, I found I use a pretty simple text editor for most things. But, uh, but yeah, you want to actually, like, you know, put numbers into columns and stuff. Excel is the way to go. <laughs> it is, 100%. Yeah. And, and Word does have more function, considerably more functionality mm-hmm. than oh, uh, yeah. for formatting and that sort of thing than Google Docs. So if you're, yeah. if you're creating something that has to have heavy formatting, then, then Word right. is better. You know what um, it is, I, is is I just don't do very much stuff that I need to print anymore. And so um, and so I've found that I have less and less need for all of that formatting that I can do with Word. I still use it. It's there. But I just found that, you know, I tend to actually literally I use a little app called IA Writer that's available both on my Mac and on my iOS devices. And they sh- and, and it's all one shared set. So if I save a file, I can open it up on any of the others. And it's just a text editor. It's pretty, pretty basic. Um so I tend to use that more. Ah, um, cool. You know, and then, and what I do is I'll type it in there. But then, if I want to make it pretty, I'll then copy and paste it into Word or somewhere where I can go in and you know make things bold and stuff. But I mean, do you still do a lot of stuff where you like actually make a piece of paper? I guess when you're submitting um, uh, grants, do those have to be physically on paper and formatted a certain way? And that it de- it depends on the on the foundation. Mm-hmm. Some of them have online portals, the larger, more sophisticated ones do. Mm-hmm. But others, the little family foundations, often require a physical letter. Right. And so um, that has to be formatted and printed yeah. and with a wet signature. So right. Um, and that makes sense. And then, so those kind of things are much, much more um, uh, inclined to be used. You know, a good word processor like Word. Yes. Or yeah. if you're if you're you know creating a a marketing piece mm-hmm. um, um, that is not you know it's I do use Word. Um, I don't use it all the time. So sometimes right. we'll put out a calendar that is that is a printed calendar that's just easier to create in Word than it is to um, you know in another format right, right. so um uh or something like that but i i'm i use excel almost every day yeah yeah i do too i mean i use excel to i mean, i'm one of those coaches that like you know has a spreadsheet with all of my kids best times and and a, and a page in a spreadsheet that tracks their time from each meet and how much their improvement is both by in in total seconds and in and in in uh uh and in percentages and you know i mean i i just i i track and 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 manage lots of stuff like you know when we got the uh the list of the entries for our league finals i went through and said well if everybody ends up exactly where they're seated right now what would the scores be for each of the different teams you know and after prelims okay now everybody swam did they move up or down does that you know what would the scores be now so you know and that helps make decisions about like well what are you going to do or you can go talk to kids and say hey you know you're in fifth place if you can get to third place we might win this meet or you know that kind of thing 
Um, and so I, I just like having that information. I'm an information junkie, and a lot of that numbers, you know, is numbers. And so Word is the 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 tool of choice. Excel. Um, I'm sorry, Excel is the tool of choice. Absolutely, yeah. Word is the one that, like you, I use it occasionally. But you know, you work in a more traditional type of office in a more traditional type of business than I do these days. And so I was just curious about you know your word processing uses. It sounds like you use it more than I do, but still, it's not like your Yes. Your go-to thing for everything, not like Excel is. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's funny. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, I know I've told the story about the accountant that I went to, went to one time, and he said, I, I, I can't, I'm typing, and, I can't, and I'm writing a memo, and it won't let me type anymore. What's going on? And I get up there, and this is, of course, back in the days of DOS, and so we had you know, WordPerfect and 1, 2, 3, and I go, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard it just shut down. And I get up there, and I expect that he's typing this memo in WordPerfect because that's what you would use to type a memo, right? No, he's typing the entire memo in one cell of 1, 2, 3, and there was a character <laughs> limit in the number of characters that you could put in a cell, and it was like you know, 2,480 words or characters or something like that, and he hit the limit. And I yeah. went, well... Either go to another cell or, hey, here's a thought. Use a word processor if you're writing a memo. He goes, well, I don't know how to use that. <laughs> it's like, turn it on and start typing. That's how you do it. You, you know, it's like there really wasn't much. But it was funny. I I, I laughed a good long time. Yeah. He goes, well, you know, if, if what you have is a hammer, you look at everything as a nail, right? That's right. That's right. So I end up, I export all kinds of, even, you know, some of it's numbers, some of it's just data. I love mm -hmm. being able to, I like, I like the count a and count if and, mm -hmm. um, uh, function. So I can see, well, how many, you know, thinking of our scholarship recipients, how many went to this high school? How many went to that high school? How many are going to a state college? How many are going to, uh, a, you know, going out of state all of, you know, how many are going to a community college? And, um, those formulas right. just make it super easy to to you know use that data and the same way I'm sure right. you use it um, use that data to to be able to tell the story of our scholarship recipients mm -hmm. how many are dreamers or live with single parents or the, you know mm -hmm. some of the other things that we that we track um, and it, it helps us with our decision making and um, yep. uh, to our storytelling and that becomes increase incredibly mm -hmm. important also for you know some of our other programs you know what's working what's not what do they what do parents say or what a you know whatever and um mm -hmm. excel makes all of that really easy yeah yeah absolutely yeah it just allows you to to take a whole pile of information and turn it into data that you can then process and use for decision making and uh so it's it's a great tool and like you said it's it's more than just putting the numbers into the columns it's then using sort and using um all of the different functions to to then take that information and and put it in formats that that are that are meaningful to do analysis of that information so that you can um, make some um, smarter decisions and so um, yeah I, I i it's a tool that if you've learned how to use it is just invaluable in so many different ways um, so you know let's let's shift gears a little bit you know we talked last week about the uh, brood x the cicadas the 17 year cicadas that are supposed to be coming out and uh you know they're supposed to be coming. I haven't heard any news about that. Have you heard anything about? Are they are they out in 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 mass yet? So I have a, a friend who lives in who lives. I think he lives in Virginia, uh, mm -hmm. Virginia or Maryland. He he works in D.C. and uh, he showed pictures of cicadas on a bush. 
Uh-huh. Um, and so he said, they're here. And I'm like, all right. So, you know, yeah. I know that some of them have emerged. They're hideous looking things. Oh, they really are. Um, they're ugly. Big red but, eyes and <laughs> or orange eyes. I don't eyes. think, I think that the, yeah. that the, that the swarm is just getting going. Yeah. Um, Cause I was, you know, when I was back East, I thought I might see some, didn't see a one. Um, and so it was like, well, maybe I'm a little early, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard, you know, there was all this news about it's coming. Brood X is a huge brood. It's going to come. And then I haven't heard anything about like, it's here. Um, you know, you would have thought if it was, if there was good visuals that the news would have been inundated with pictures of ugly bugs. Um, but, uh, I found an article where they were saying that, uh, that, uh, it's, it's a, um, you know, gluten-free food source and that we should like, we should be capturing them as much as we can to turn them into food. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. You know, if you want to add some protein to your baked goods, right. You know, just blenderize some cicadas because, uh, you know, a black gooey mess is what I want in my food. Uh, <laughs> you know, and yeah. you got to blenderize out the crunchiness and the wings. Ew. Don't forget the wings. Ew. Ew. Yeah. No. Ew. Yeah. I, I'm Ew. not an insectivore by choice. I, I fully recognize that in, in today's modern food processing that there might be some insects in my food choices, but I'm, you know, trying not to think about that too much. <laughs> um, but, you know, I know that they're eaten a lot of places in the world. It's not, not a choice that I choose to, that, that I make, um, and, and that's very intentional. <laughs> Speaking for myself, I'm, yeah. Yes. Yeah, leave, leave the bugs to the bugs. That's uh, that. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I suppose if I were starving, I would rethink that. Oh uh, yeah. But I I'm not. So I and, and probably enjoy them. Yeah. And anybody who's met me knows I'm I'm clearly not starving. So, um, yeah. Um, hmm. So there is something scary going on in Corona, California. Um, oh, don't say uh, that. Uh, That's where I live. I live in Corona. Yeah. So. <laughs> A suspected BB gun shooting in Corona uh, becomes the latest in a string of 91 freeway attacks. So mm. um, somebody, it looks like they're shooting a pellet gun or a BB and, and breaking windshields, which would be absolutely freaking terrifying if you were driving and, and very oh, yeah. likely could end up in an accident. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's shocking enough when you're zipping along the freeway and like, um, you know, some pebbles get kicked up and hit you. You know, I hate driving behind one of those um, uh trucks that has sort of the the v-shaped bottom trailers that that seems like they're always like dribbling off you know pebbles or whatever some whatever it is they're carrying some of it blows off because they're they're uncovered um and uh yeah but if somebody's actually targeting people i hope they catch the person or persons quickly yeah so the shooting was reported about the the latest one about 11 o'clock last night um and the person was heading eastbound in corona uh, the investigators say they're looking into at least 57 similar incidents mm. involving vehicles traveling through Riverside, Orange, and L.A. counties. Um, most of the vehicles involved in the incidents appear to be white. Um, maybe that's because white is a, it's a pretty common color for cars, or yeah. it could be that they're being targeted. I don't know. Yeah, easy to um, spot in the dark. Now, they yeah. said eastbound. They're talking about on the freeway, on the 91 yes. eastbound? Yes. Yeah. Did it say what area they were in? No, just says Corona because I mean says, Corona stretches, you know. It, it, uh, this at least five or six miles. 
This is yeah. KTLA. Oh, so uh, therefore everything, you know, uh, east of Los Angeles is is the Hicks. I, is the sticks. It, I understand. No, well, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just this is where the reporting's coming from. You might Hicks pull in up the, the sticks. press enterprise or something. <laughs> Those crazy people are shooting cars out there in the east. Of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're the east. I suppose if you live in LA, right? Well, or the south. Yeah, it's funny. I uh, I remember one time I was working in a business that was based in Los Angeles, and we went to a seminar. Uh, the group of us, the executives for the for the company, to a seminar in Orange County, and because I lived down here, I came home. But they stayed in a hotel, and so I drove home and then just met them again the next morning. And I remember at at meals, the the L.A. people just going on about how terrible it was to have to be down here in Hicksville, in Orange County. And I think they also felt a little out of sorts in that um, uh, several of them were, were gay and they felt like they were in, in you know, red hat territory. And so they were a little uncomfortable. This is years ago. But they knew that, you know, it was very conservative Orange County. And they just they just, rallied, just railed on about how, how terrible it was to be in the sticks and, and how, you know, Los Angeles is, is like the city. It sounded like you've heard people like from New York talk about when they get out of the city and how, you yes. know, how how terrible it is. How could you live like this out here in the wilderness? You know, and I was like, really? This is Orange County, guys. I mean, they have the same fast food. <laughs> you drove past the same seven fast food restaurants that you drive past on the way to work in L.A. every day coming, you know, from from the from the hotel to the to the place. You know, is it really is it that rough? I mean, come they on. have they have indoor plumbing and the roads are paved and everything. Yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, they, I mean, it's like you expected to see people walking around barefoot and shotgun weddings right. happening and stuff. You know, I'm like, guys, really, this is not what? what? <laughs> it was funny, right? But they just could not get over how weird it was down here, and I'm like. Frankly, I see no difference whatsoever, other than you yeah, guys are complaining. Yeah. It's the same concrete jungle that it is in L.A. Yeah, yeah, and it's know? not, and it wasn't like they were in downtown L.A. either, where there are a few tall, you know, some some tall buildings or something where you could say city type. You know, no, these guys, you know, we we were out in you know Wilshire, Fairfax area. You know, it was like <laughs> it was just houses and buildings and roads. It was, it literally they could have picked you up and transplanted where we worked to like downtown orange and you wouldn't have been able to know the difference other than the street names changed and yet they're they were really bent out of shape about it it was pretty funny okay it's like all righty then yeah that was kind of um, yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. hey remember a while back we did that story about the um the seed experiment where they have been planting seeds that they saved from um from uh, 1879 and they wanted to see if they were still viable uh, yes. and they've yes. now handed off the experiment to some now younger professors because uh, you know the, the guys who've been doing it have, had, have gotten to the point where they're too old to keep doing it and they not, may not be around and so the next one's up well the seed just sprouted oh so the wow. 1870 the seeds that were stored in 1879 were still viable Dang. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of amazing. Yeah. They said they have a few seeds left and that they think they can spread this out for probably, uh, because now they're doing it about every 20 years. 
um, but that they think that the uh, that they'll be able to um, get it through to the end of 2021. So um, you know, another 80 years that they think they'll be able to do it. So I mean, obviously they can count their seeds and see how many they are. But it's pretty amazing that the and these are, these are seeds that have been stored in a bottle and buried in a secret location, so that only the people who are in on the experiment know about it. And they've they've passed it to a new generation. But this year, when they planted the seeds, they sprouted. That's awesome. Yeah, that's for, awesome. And let that be the last word of the day because we are out of time. Yeah, it's like a feel good story. There that's was right. growth. So cool. Um, thanks for joining us today. This has been Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. 